ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger <coughs> This evening bi idhnillah ta'ala in this lecture number 40 from the sharh or explanation of kitab at-tawhid الذي هو حق الله على العبيد by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab ibn Sulaiman al-Tamimi al-Najdi rahimahullah we will take the chapter entitled Bab Man Hazala bi shay'in fihi dhikrullah aw al-Qur'an aw al-Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Bab Man Hazala bi shay'in and whoever has made fun of or made mockery of or made jest of something fihi dhikrullah something that contains the mention of allah aw alquran or contains the mention of quran aw arrasul or the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam yani there is some conversation or speech in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been mentioned in that speech or the Quran or something from the Quran has been mentioned in that speech or the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has been mentioned and someone makes mockery of it makes jest of it makes fun of it this is the topic of the chapter this evening bi idhnillah ta'ala and some of the scholars said that the meaning of this chapter Man hazala bi shay'in fi dhikrullah whoever has made mockery or made jest or fun of something which contains the mention of Allah or the Quran or the messenger whoever has done so then he has committed an act of kufr faqad kafar kufr akbar major kufr al mukhrij min al millah which takes a person out of Islam before beginning with the evidences and there are only two an ayat and a hadith which explain that ayat I would like to read briefly the small comment the ta'liq of Sheikh Abdurrahman Al-Sa'di rahimahullah from his book Al-Qawl Al-Sadid and he has said in reference to this chapter that the chapter whoever makes mockery of something which contains the mention of Allah or the Quran or the prophet or the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam that means that this is a negation munafin lil iman bil kulliyah it negates a person's iman completely negates their iman they have no iman it's finished 
وَمُخْرِجْ مِنَ الدِّينَ And it takes a person out of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the asl of the deen, the foundation or the origin of a deen, it is al-iman billahi wa qutubihi wa rusulihi wa min al-iman ta'azim thalik. Yani the foundation of Islam, it is having iman in Allah and his books and his prophets and so on. And part of that iman in Allah and his books and his prophets, it is to make ta'azim of them, to glorify to glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, to make mockery of Allah, it is the negation of the glorification, the ta'zim of Allah, and it nullifies the person's iman. And it is well known that al-istihza, making mockery or jest or fun of something, from these matters, specifically, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the Qur'an, or the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu which is what has been mentioned by text in the ayah that the Imam mentions in this chapter, these three things specifically, that whoever makes mockery of them or jest of them, it is the most severe type of kuf. It is more severe than the person who just disbelieves, who simply says, I don't believe. It is more severe than that. Because this al-istihza, making mockery of the deen, it is kufr, in addition to, in addition to that which is, يعني, a ziyadah on kufr, it is يعني, degrading or belittling or thinking little of the deen of Allah or the book of Allah or the messenger of Allah sallallahu <coughs> Then the shaykh, he says that al-kufr is of two types. Mu'ridun and mu'aridun. Mu'ridun wa mu'aridun. Mu'ridun, those who turn away. Who just, if you call them to the truth, they just turn away. They don't accept it. وَمُعَارِدُونَ Those who fight against you and oppose the truth. Yani the kufr, the kufar of two types. Those who just turn away and don't accept. And those who oppose the truth when it comes to them. And fight against it. And he says that المعارد, it is the one who makes war against Allah and His Messenger. And he criticizes Allah and his deen, and his messenger. And this is the most severe type of kufr, and the most severe type of corruption. And al-hazil bishayin minha min hadhan naw. Yani the one who makes mockery of the deen of Allah is of this type, al-mu'arid, the one who opposes. And that is worse than the simple kafir who only disbelieves, who doesn't accept the truth when it comes to him, who turns his back when he hears the truth. But this one, not only rejects it, but fights against it and opposes it and belittles and make mockery and jest of the deen of Allah or the books of Allah or the messengers of Allah. That is the comments of Shaykh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, which are brief but clarify يعني, the essence of the topic that we want to discuss this evening. Likewise, briefly, the comments of Shaykh Abdul Aziz ibn Abdul ibn Baz, rahimahullah, in his book, Ta'aliq al-Mufid, Ta'aliq al-Mufid, also he has summarized the issue, but we will only mention some points from what he has said, because of the importance of these points. The first of them is he begins by saying that in this chapter, there is clarification of the ruling, the hukum, of the one who makes a mockery of the deen of Allah, who makes a mockery of Allah, or the Qur'an, or the messenger of Allah, وسلم, and that ruling, the ruling for such a one who does so is that he is murtad, yani, he is an apostate. 
if he was a Muslim, then he becomes, he goes out of Islam as a murtad. For indeed, al-istihza, making mockery, it is riddah and kufr. It is riddah, apostasy, and it is kufr, disbelief. So that the answer, the jawab, a shart in this title that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned here, whoever makes mockery of something which contains the mention of Allah, or the Quran or the Messenger, he said the completion of that should be فَقَدْ كَفَرَةً Then he has indeed disbelieved. And it is well known. Yani this is well known due to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, that is mentioned as the first evidence. If you were to ask them, then they would say we were only playing. Uh, and then he mentions yani the other the hadith also from this chapter. And then he says, The ayat that is in this chapter which we will read, if you were to ask them, yani those who made mockery of the deen of Allah, if you were to ask them what they were doing, they would make an excuse saying that we were only playing, we were only joking. He said, this is a clarification that the one who plays with the Qur'an, who makes mockery or jokes with the Qur'an, or the sunnah, or the messenger, فَهُوَ kafir, is a kafir, disbeliever. وَلَوْ ذَعْمَ أَنَّهُ even if he claimed that I was only using it to pass time, and it was only the talk or the conversation that people when they are traveling talk about, they just have idle discussion just to pass time. Even if they claim that, that he didn't mean to make mockery of the deen, فَهُوَ kafir, because playing with Allah and the Book of Allah and the Messenger of Allah, it is not permissible in any situation or circumstance whatsoever. Because this, the one who does so, it is an indication of his hypocrisy. The hypocrisy that is in his heart. And the filthiness of such a person. And there, any little estimation of the people of Islam. And the Muslim is not able to make such a statement. Yani the one who really has Iman is not able to say such a thing, to make mockery of the deen of Allah. But in fact it is the action of a munafiq. Then the Shaykh says, yani the last point he says, yani from the points that we wanted to mention, is that if somebody were to say that the Qur'an after it also has come the sunnah, which clarifies some things which are not specifically mentioned in the Qur'an. Yani, if somebody was to say that the Qur'an, there are some things that are not in the Qur'an, yani, but it came in the sunnah. He said, it is true. Naam, the, the sunnah explains the Qur'an. It gives details that are not in the Qur'an. If the person means by that to state a truth, that the, the Sunnah and the Qur'an go together, it is right. But if they said so, to try to say that the Qur'an is defective, and it is not complete, and it is not sufficient, then this falls under the category of the one who uh, speaks ill of the Qur'an. And that one is a kafir. فَهَذَا kafir or kufr akbar waridda. It is major kufr, and it is apostasy. And it is apostasy. So it is clear from these comments the seriousness of the matter of al-istihza 
making mockery or jest or fun of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and specifically that which is mentioned in the ayat under discussion making mockery or degrading or belittling or trying to show some defect uh, in these which have been mentioned in this ayat that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the ayat of Allah which in these ayats it was revealed in reference to the Qur'an. However, it also includes not only the ayat al-shari'ah, yani the, the, ayat, the verses of Qur'an, but also al-ayat al-qawniyah, the universal signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the laws and rules that he has set in motion. If somebody is displeased with that or makes mockery of that or makes jest of the laws that Allah has set in motion in the creation also, as Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthameen said, this comes under the same title. Uh, so the first evidence that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah mentions is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Tawbah verses 65 and 66 and it is important to note that the verses before these verses and the verses after them apparently indicate that these verses were in reference to the munafiqeen the hypocrites yani the verses before it directly mention the hypocrites and the verses after it directly mention the hypocrites and for this reason many of the scholars said that those who are mentioned in these ayats are not believers who went into kufr but they were actually people who professed to believe they were munafiqun disbelievers who showed openly Islam but in their hearts there was kufr they said that these ayats were revealed in reference to the munafiqeen however other scholars and this is the opinion of many of the scholars, including Sheikh Saleh Abdulaziz Ali Sheikh, the Wazir of Shu'un Islamiyah of Saudi In his explanation of Kitab al-Tawheed, he discussed this point in, de- in detail, holding the opinion of many of the scholars that these ayats are not revealed in reference to those who were Muslims, who were mu'min and then fell into kufr, but that these were revealed in reference to the munafiqeen, the hypocrites. However, other scholars, uh, including Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, and he has given a lengthy explanation also, uh, which perhaps on another occasion we may discuss it in detail when we talk about the Nawaqid of Islam and the, another book of Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, Nawaqid of Islam, those things which nullify Islam. He has mentioned from amongst the Nawaqid of Islam is Istihzah making istihza or mockery of the deen of Allah and in the explanation of that particular point uh, we have collected a number of the sayings of the scholars from different books of explanation and I hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a way for that book to be published in which uh, these issues have been discussed in detail and from amongst what has been mentioned in that book is the statement of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah that these ayats are in reference to those who were actually believers. But due to the weakness of their iman, they fell into that which was kufr, and they went out of Islam. In any case, these are two opinions of the scholars, and perhaps we can say that it is possible that some of those, the one who made that statement was in fact a munafiq, there is no doubt about it. And some of those who were with him were also munafiqun who were in agreement with what he was saying. And it is possible that some who were present were actually believers. 
but because of the weakness of their iman, they didn't speak out or oppose it. So that if we look at both of these sayings, there's no real contradiction between them. That perhaps some of them were in fact the munafiqun, and some of them were believers who were weak in iman. And they allowed that to be said, while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited us to sit with those who make mockery of the deen of Allah, but we should separate from them until they engage in some other talk. So the first evidence, as we mentioned, is from Surah Tawbah, verses 65 and 66, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ And if you were to ask them, and if we look at the previous verse, we will know that it is referring to the munafiqun. وَإِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ لَيَقُولُنَّ إِنَّمَا كُنَّ نَخُودُ وَنَلْعَبُ And if you were to ask them about what they have said, the, the statements that they made, the evil statements that they made against the deen of Allah and the messenger of Allah and the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they would offer an excuse. And they would say, we were only making idle talk. We were just joking and playing. نَخُودُ وَنَلْعَبُ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the Prophet ﷺ to answer them. قُلْ أَبِاللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ وَرَسُولِهِ كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَهْزِئُونَ Yani is it, he said to say to the Prophet ﷺ, say to them, was it Allah and his ayat, the Qur'an and his messenger ﷺ that you were making mockery of? Yani is it possible that it could be allowed that you could make fun and joke about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his verses and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to close the door of hope for them and some of the scholars said closing the door of hope it meant that those who continued in such behavior there's no hope for them not to repent or for the excuse to be accepted because the excuse that they were making it was false However, if there were from amongst them those who fell into error and recognized their mistake and repented, then Allah accepts the sincere repentance of those who accept repentance. He said, لا تعتذروا Don't make excuses now. Because Allah already revealed to the Prophet ﷺ that they are going to offer excuses to you, but they are false excuses. They were indeed intending to make mockery of the deen of Allah. لا تعتذروا قد كفرتم بعد إيمانكم and this statement is the statement that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah used as the proof that in fact they were really believers. He said, don't make excuses. قَدْ كَفَرْتُمْ بَعْدَ إِمَانِكُمْ That you have fallen to disbelief after your iman, after having iman. How can, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, how can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that you have disbelief after your iman unless they were originally from amongst the believers, even if they were weak of iman, but they were originally classified from amongst the believers, and then they kafaru ba'da imanihim. Then they fell into disbelief after having previously believed. And na'afu an ta'ifatin minkum nu'adzibu ta'ifatan bi'annahum kanu mujrimeen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that after yani, closing the door of any excuse from them, it would never be accepted. He said that if we pardon a group, ta'ifa from you, yani from amongst those who engaged in that, if a group from them is pardoned, some of them, and perhaps that could be in reference to those who were present, who were not really in agreement, but were too weak to speak out, then perhaps Allah might pardon a group of them, or those who sincerely repented and turned back to Allah with true repentance, Allah might pardon a group of them 
but we will also punish a group from amongst them and definitely some of them will be punished بِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا مُجْرِمِينَ because of the reason that in fact they were mujrimin they were criminals they were indeed sinners who intended that which يعني, the statements that they made Sheikh Al-Qara'awi Hafizahullah may Allah protect and preserve him in his explanation of this ayah he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in these two verses a part of the story of the munafiqeen when they were speaking ill amongst a group of the Muslims during the expedition of Tabuk when the Prophet ﷺ went out for the expedition of Tabuk when he heard that the enemies of Islam were uh, preparing to make war against the Muslims he gathered the Muslims an, an, an army of about 30,000 one of the biggest armies of the Muslims in that time to march towards Asham to meet the enemies before they made any attack to, to go to them first and to meet them and to attack them uh, it was during this time he says that they were amongst the Muslims some of the munafiqeen uh, and they made this attack and the accusations against the deen of Allah and speaking ill against the believers then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed his prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam what would be the answer of the munafiqeen? How they will answer you if you were to ask them about what they have done, what they have said. And it is that they will swear and they will offer excuses which are false and lies. False excuses which are only lies in order to clear themselves from what has come from their mouths of falsehood and slander against the rights of the Muslims. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also informed in this the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about what they have said, the mockery that they have made of the deen and degrading Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his ayat, his verses and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make known on the tongue of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the apostasy of those who had acted in such a way and that their excuses would not be accepted. Then he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't close the door of hope for them completely but he has promised al-afu, yani pardoning for those who left that hypocrisy from amongst those who participated in it and those who turned back from that and they made pure and sincere repentance to Allah he made a promise of pardoning for them and he made a severe threat for those from amongst them who continued in their kufr and hypocrisy the Sheikh mentions here two points fawaid benefits that may be derived from this ayat and the first of them is the ruling concerning those who make mockery or jest of the deen of Allah al-istihza' bil-deen wa ahlihi kufr whoever makes mockery or belittles the deen and the people of Islam, the Muslims then this is kufr and as we read
from Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Saadi and Sheikh Abdulaziz ibn Baz rahimahumullah it is kufr akbar major kufr that takes a person out of Islam the second point la tuqbal fi dunya tawbatu man istahza'a bid-din wa ahlihi zahiran in the ba'dul al-hanabila wa dhahab akhirun lannahu tuqbal tawbatu yani that there is difference of opinion amongst the scholars of the Hanbali madhhab there is difference of opinion amongst the scholars of the Hanbali madhhab some of them said that the person who makes mockery of the deen and the people of Islam, the Muslims, uh, that their repentance is not accepted. Yani that their repentance would not be accepted, even if they repented. While some of the scholars of the Hanbali Madhab held the opinion that their tawbah, their repentance is accepted. And the correct opinion, according to Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Taymin, rahimahullah, is that their repentance, if it is sincere, it is accepted. Yani if the kafirs who are in kufr and the mushrikun who are on shirk, if they repent, Allah accepts their repentance. So whoever sincerely repents, then their repentance should be accepted. However, some of the scholars said that in reference to making mockery of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah has already said that He would accept the, repent, the repentance of those who turn to Him sincerely. However, those who made mockery of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, from the side of him being a prophet or a messenger, it can be accepted. But as a person, as a human being, as an individual, then he has the right to accept from them that they have wronged him and to pardon it or not. Yani every person who has wronged someone, in addition to repent, the conditions of repentance to Allah, they also have to fix. They have to mend the matter with the one that they have wronged. So likewise with the Prophet ﷺ, those who have made mockery of him, then there remains against them, yani what, how they have harmed him personally, and whether or not he will pardon or forgive them. In his lifetime, he may have pardoned whoever he pardoned. However, after his passing, then this matter is left open. And Allah knows best if they would be pardoned. The relationship of these two ayats to the chapter under discussion, is that these ayats indicate the disbelief of the one who makes mockery of Allah and the verses of Allah and the Messenger of Allah. These three things specifically. And whatever goes back to them. If somebody makes mockery of that which is in fact indirectly mockery of the deen of Allah or the book of Allah or the Messenger of Allah then also this comes under the same heading. And though the Shaykh Al-Qur'awi, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, has not mentioned the relationship of these ayats to the general topic of, of Tawheed, which is his common practice to mention the relationship to the chapter under discussion and the general topic of Tawheed, though he hasn't mentioned it, it is relatively clear that the relationship of these ayats to the general topic of Tawheed is that making mockery of the Book of Allah or the Messenger of Allah or making mockery of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is a contradiction to Tawheed. It is a contradiction and a negation of Iman. And this is the relationship to the general topic of a Tawheed, that the person who does so invalidates and nullifies the Iman and the Tawheed that requires the Ta'zeem of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second evidence that the Imam mentions, and it is 
that which has been reported concerning the, the revelation of this ayat. It is the sabab nuzul, or it is from the asbab and nuzul, the reasons for the revelation. It comes under the title, or the study of the reasons for the revelation of ayat, asbab and nuzul. This uh, narration, it is under the title of asbab and nuzul. It explains the circumstances in which this ayah was revealed. And Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, he mentions this narration which has been reported by Imam al-Suyuti rahimahullah in his book Dur al-Manthur, his book of Tafsir, which is a big book. And he attributed it to a number of scholars including Ibn Jirir, that is Imam Ibn Jirir al-Tabari rahimahullah and Ibn Abi Hatim rahimahullah, both of them in their books of Tafsir. And Sheikh Mukbil ibn Hadi al-Wadi'i, rahimahullah, who recently passed, the great scholar of hadith from Yemen. In his book, As-Sahih al-Musnad, Min Asbab al-Nuzul, he mentioned that the narration, the chain of narration, the isnad of this narration from Ibn Abi Hatim, that it is hasan, is a good chain of narration, good and acceptable. Uh, and it is a collection, actually, of narrations of a number of narrators which he has collected and given it as one report. And Ibn Umar, radiallahu anhuma, may Allah be pleased with him and his father. Wa Muhammad ibn Ka'ab, wa Zayd ibn Aslam, wa Qatada, rahimahumullah. Those three are from amongst the Tabi'een. Dakhala hadithu ba'dihim fi ba'din. Yani, the collector, he has joined the narrations of some of them to others to complete the story. Yani from these four, Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma and those tabi'een, Muhammad ibn Ka'ab and Zayd ibn Aslam and Qatada, he have taken all of their narrations and combined them to make the story complete. He said, أَنَّهُ قَالَ رَجُلٌ فِي That a man during the expedition, the Tabuk expedition, said, مَا رَأَيْنَا مِثْلَ قُرَّائِنَئِ أَرْغَبَ بُطُونًا وَلَا أَكْذَبَ أَلْسُنًا وَلَا أَجْبَنَا عِنْدَ اللِّهِ Yani that a man who was amongst the Muslims during the Tabuk expedition, he said, we haven't seen the likeness of قُرَائِنَا Yani those, قُرَائِ he means here, those who are reciting the Qur'an, the reciters of Qur'an. We haven't seen the likeness of these reciters of the Qur'an. أَرْغَبُوا بُطُونًا Who is more greedy for eating food. And who eat more than these people. وَلَا أَكْذَبَ أَلْسُنًا Nor who lie more. Who lie, the lies are more on their tongue. وَلَا أَجْبَنَ عِنْدَ اللِّقَاءِ Nor who are more cowardly at the time of meeting. Yani meeting the enemy on the battlefield. And of these accusations, the ugliest of them is where he said, لَا أَكْذَبَ Al-Sunan, because he has now declared the Prophet ﷺ and his companions to be liars, and it is indeed clear kufr. The narrator says that this statement, يعني رسول الله that he intended by it, he means those who we have not seen who eat more than them or lie more than them or who are more cowardly at the time of meeting the enemies on the battlefield. He meant by that. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, and his companions who were reciters of Quran. And by the way, the reciters of the Quran, Quran, in that time it didn't mean like today. 
The Qari of Quran today is somebody who recites Quran beautifully, who might recite according to Tajweed. But the Qari of Quran in that time, it meant the one who not only recited Quran, who not only memorized the Quran, but who knew the meaning of Quran and who acted in accordance with it, which is much different than what we have today. Perhaps somebody is a Qari of Quran and he doesn't even know one mean, the meaning of one word, what he is reciting. He doesn't know Arabic language and he doesn't understand what he is saying. Or you might even find from amongst the Arabs, those who are Qari of Quran, but he doesn't know the tafsir of Quran and the proper meanings of the Quran and understanding the ahkam of the Quran and the aqidah that is based on it. And he might be a deviant who is upon an aqidah or a minhaj or a way completely contrary to the way of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. But today he is called Qari. But these Qura, it was those who used to recite the Qur'an and who used to understand its meaning and act in accordance with it. Then he said, after making such a statement, the narrator says, فَقَالَ لَهُ أَوْفُ إِبْنُ مَالِكَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ أَنْهُ One of the companions of the Prophet, Awf ibn Malik رضي الله عنه, he said to that man, كَذَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّكَ مُنَافِقَ you have lied, but you are a munafiq. And it's as though he's, it is as though he is saying, indeed what you have said is lies. But worse than that, you are a munafiq. Not only lying, but you are a munafiq, a hypocrite, clearly, no doubt about it. لَأَخْبِرَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ He said, indeed, I will definitely inform the Messenger of Allah صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَذَهَبَ أَوْفٌ إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لِيُخْبِرُهُ فَوَجَدَ الْقُرْآنَ قَدْ سَبَقَهُ And he, off, he went, رضي الله عنه, to inform the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and when he arrived, he found that the Qur'an had preceded him. يعني that revelation had already come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informing the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم of what had happened and how to respond to it. فَجَاءَ ذَلِكَ الرَّجُلُ إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم then that man who had spoken those words of hypocrisy and kufr, he also followed because he knew that Auf was going to inform the Prophet, so he followed him to present his excuses. But by that time the Prophet had begun to depart. He had ridden, he had mounted his camel and was about to leave. Then that hypocrite he said, Ya Rasulullah. إِنَّمَا كُنَّا نَقُودُ وَنَتَحَدَّثُ حَدِيثَ الرَّقْبِ نَقْتَعُ بِهِ أَنَاءَ الطَّرِيقِ He said, O Messenger of Allah, indeed, we were only making idle talk. It was just the talk or the conversation of the traveler, the one who is riding, who is going, and traveling, to shorten the distance or to and make our travel easy, to, to, to busy ourselves while we are traveling. Qala ibn Umar Then Ibn Umar, one of the narratives of this hadith, he said, كَأَنِّي أَنظُرُوا إِلَيْهِ مُتَعَلِّقًا بِنِسْعَةِ نَاقَةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَإِنَّ الْحِجَارَةَ تَنْقُبُ رِجْلَيْهِ وَهُوَ يَقُولُ إِنَّمَا كُنَّ نَخُوضُ وَنَلْعَبُ Yani Ibn Umar, he said when he was narrating the hadith, it was, he said it is as though as I, I am looking at him now. Yani it was clear in his mind. It was as though I am looking at him now, as he is narrating the hadith. It is as though I see him now, while he is holding on to 
the saddle belt or the reins of the camel of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he was moving and the stones were hitting his feet and he was saying, he kept repeating to the Prophet Sallallahu that we were only making idle, idle talk, we were only joking and playing فَيَقُولُ لَهُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَبِ اللَّهِ وَآيَاتِهِ وَرَسُولِهِ كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَهَزِيُونَ The Prophet ﷺ merely repeated to him, Was it Allah and his ayat and his messenger that you were making mockery of, that you were making jest with, that you were making fun of? مَا يَلْتَفِتُوا إِلَيْهِ وَلَا يَزِيدُهُ عَلَيْهِ The Prophet ﷺ wouldn't even look at him. He wouldn't turn his face towards him. And he didn't say any more than these words. The words that were revealed to him by Allah. In this occasion, was it Allah and his ayat, his messenger, that you were making mockery of? And that man uh, was offering his excuse, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had already ordered the Prophet to reject his excuse, that it was false. It was only a lie that they intended what they had done, and the matter is severe. And this also makes us to know that even if the general rule is that if somebody has done something wrong and they ask for pardon, the general rule is that you should pardon them. However, in this case in which it is known that the excuse that they are offering is false and it is only a lie and the matter is severe as this matter is severe, then in that case it is not right that the excuse should be accepted but it should be rejected because the matter is too severe for that. The Shaykh says in the general meaning of this hadith that Abdul ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah and a group from amongst those who shared, shared in the narration of this hadith said that or informs us that a man from amongst the munafiqeen at the time of the expedition of Tabuk had made mockery or made fun or jest of the messenger of Allah وسلم, and his companions radiallahu anhumah accusing them of loving to eat and loving to lie and of being cowardice at the time of meeting the enemy on the battlefield. And Awf ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu, one of the truthful and sincere Muslims who was present while these words were being said, became angry for the sake of Allah and His Messenger. Al-Ghadab lillahi wa li-rasulihi. And this is also a point of importance that the Muslim needs to know that there is a limit to tolerance. There is a limit to tolerance. We should be tolerant of one another, no doubt. But there is also the anger and hatred that is for the sake of Allah and for the sake of the Messenger of Allah and the Deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Awf ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu, he was angry for the sake of Allah. Because a person has to have ghayrah. He has to have love for the Deen of Allah and a feeling when that deen has been violated, a feeling of anger and a feeling of hatred for the one who violates the deen of Allah. So he said that Awf ibn Malik, one of the sincere Muslims who was present at that time, uh, became angry for the sake of Allah and for the sake of the Messenger of Allah. And he rejected and refuted and spoke out against that which was said by that hypocrite. He rejected what he said and he said that you are lying and he threatened him and promised him that he was going to inform the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam of what has occurred. However, the revelation preceded him 
يعني the revelation arrived to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi before Auf ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu could reach the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Allah revealed in this matter something from Quran which opened and exposed their condition and their secrets. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made known what they thought they could hide and He openly announced their kufr, their disbelief. Then that hypocrite came to excuse himself, to apologize to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to offer some false excuses. However, the Prophet وسلم, wouldn't even look at him and he wouldn't give him any attention whatsoever. He didn't give any weight to that man or any consideration to him, but he merely replied to him with the ayah that has been revealed to him in this matter yani concerning that hypocrite and those who were like him. Abillahi wa ayatihi wa rasulihi kuntum The Prophet who was the most merciful of those from amongst the human beings who are merciful and he was sent as a mercy for all the world. However, this is also a lesson for us that there is a time when it is not appropriate to be merciful but there is a time also when it is appropriate to be severe and to be harsh. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us to know that that there is a time when we should be soft and kind and there is a time when we should be stern and firm and severe. The Shaykh mentions here nine points concerning this report or benefits concerning this report that may be derived from it. The first of them is the danger of the munafiqeen to Islam and the people of Islam, the Muslims. Yani, the, the first benefit that we get from this narration is that we should know that indeed the hypocrites who are amongst the Muslims they are indeed a great danger to Islam and to the people of Islam. We have to know that and be aware of it. Don't sleep on it. Number two, that making mockery of the deen, it is from the signs of al-nifaq al-irtiqadi. Making mockery of the deen, al-ihtihza, al-deen, it is a sign, it is an alama of al-nifaq al-irtiqadi. Yani hypocrisy and belief hypocrisy in belief. And here it is important to note, as we mentioned previously on a number of occasions, that just as there is different types of kufr and shirk, there is also different types of nifaq. There is nifaq al-i'tiqadi, which is the hypocrisy in belief. Yani the person who really is a disbeliever. They are really a kafir, but they present themselves as Muslims. That hypocrisy is hypocrisy in their i'tiqad, in their belief that they are really kafirs. And there's also a nifaq al-amali, hypocrisy in actions. Yani the actions that a Muslim does, which is a sign of hypocrisy, but it doesn't mean that he is a hypocrite. And we have to make a clear distinction between the hypocrisy in aqidah and hypocrisy in amal. They are different. And some of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ make us to know that not every type of hypocrisy is meant to be the sign that a person is out of Islam. 
And from amongst them is the saying of the Prophet ﷺ that whoever uh, curses a Muslim, sub al-Muslim, fis wa qitaluhu kufr, and fighting him is kufr. And this, this hadith makes us to know that as the Prophet ﷺ said, for example, that fighting a Muslim is kufr, it doesn't mean that automatically if a person fights with a Muslim, he became a kafir. Because indeed it happened as Allah decreed it to be. And it's not for us to judge or to take sides. But it happened that fighting took place amongst the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. And they didn't go out of Islam for it. They didn't go out of Islam for it. So here the kufr, it is not meant major kufr that takes you out of Islam. But it means kufr in actions. And likewise the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, ayat al-nifaq talatha. That the signs of hypocrisy are three. إِذَا حَدَثَ if he speaks, he lies. وَإِذَا وَعَدَ أَخْلَفَ And if he promises, he breaks the promise. وَإِذَا تُمِنَ خَانَ And if he is entrusted with something, he violates the trust. These are the signs of hypocrisy. But these are signs of hypocrisy. يعني النفاق العملي Hypocrisy in actions. It is not for us to say, as the Shaykh has said here, that whoever degrades or makes mockery of the deen, it is, and this is of the signs of hypocrisy, then it means that if a person speaks and he lies, it is a sign of hypocrisy. Here he is talking about hypocrisy and belief, the one that takes the person out of Islam. And in that hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is talking about hypocrisy in actions that does not take a person out of Islam. Indeed, hypocrisy of any type and kufr of any type and shirk of major or minor, it is all severe. However, we have to make a distinction between what he means here and nifaq al-i'tiqadi. And it is a sign, making mockery of the deen is a sign that a person is really a kafir. It is a sign of hypocrisy in beliefs, not hypocrisy in actions. The second point, بغض المسلمين وتنقصهم كفر That hatred of the Muslims and finding fault in the Muslims or degrading the Muslims it is kufr. And this is also a warning to the Muslims today especially who have found or who, ha- who are fond of the habit of praising the kafirs and degrading the Muslims. It has become a widespread practice amongst the Muslims to praise the kafirs that they are so organized and they are timely and they are honest in their business dealings and they are... But the Muslims are lazy and the Muslims are not timely and the Muslims are not truthful in business dealings. The habit of praising the kafirs and degrading the Muslims is a dangerous habit that leads to hatred in the heart. The one that you belittle and degrade. So here he said, hatred of the Muslims and finding fault in the Muslims, it is kufr. But a Muslim should make excuses for his brother. Number four, the obligation of hastening to make inkar on the munkar. If somebody sees evil, munkar, he should hasten to reject it, to rebuke it, to refute it, to speak against it. As Auf ibn Malik radiallahu anhu didn't hesitate, but immediately he spoke out against what he heard, which was a great evil. Whatever munkar that a Muslim sees, they should hasten to make inkar, to reject it. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever from amongst you sees munkar, فَلْيُغَيِّرُوا بِيَدِهِ 
then he should change it with his hands, and if he is not able, then he should speak out against it. And if he is not able, he should hate it in his heart. And that means that making inkar on the munkar, it is of levels. Whoever can stop it with his hands physically, he should stop it. If he has the authority in that place, in his family or in his place of business or in the state or whatever, then he should stop it physically. If he is not able, then he should speak out against it. If he is not able, at least he should not be pleased with it. He should not be satisfied with it. He should not accept it, but he should hate it in his heart. وَذَلِكَ أَدْعَفُ iman. That is the weakest of iman. So we should hasten to make inkar on evil. And that munkar, as we said on numerous occasions, it not only means the evil that somebody does, the haram, but it also means the failure to perform obligatory duties. Yani if somebody doesn't pray, he has failed to perform the obligatory duty, that is also munkar, and we should make inkar against it. Number five, the truthfulness or the sincerity of the iman of Awf ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. Yani in this hadith it becomes clear that he was a mu'min, sadiq. Number seven, or number six, the permissibility of describing a person with hypocrisy. If some of the signs of hypocrisy have appeared in him. Yani the permissibility of describing someone as a hypocrite. If the signs of hypocrisy have appeared clearly in that person. And again here, uh, we should be careful of distinguishing between the signs of hypocrisy, which are signs of hypocrisy in action, and the signs of hypocrisy in belief. And here he is talking about the signs of hypocrisy in belief. Al-Atiqad, Al-Atiqad, Al-Nifaq, Al-Atiqadi. Yani if it is clear that a person makes mockery of the Book of Allah, or makes mockery of the Messenger of Allah, this is a clear sign that the person is a hypocrite. But if a person lies, or breaks their promise, or fails to fulfill an, uh, a, a trust, we shouldn't go around saying that person is a munafiq. In any case, it is better that the Muslim restrain himself or herself from describing others with kufr or nifat or shirk, except where it is necessary and they are sure of what they are saying, and not hastening to make rulings and judgments against people based on our limited knowledge. Because it is a dangerous matter to describe a believer with kufr or shirk. And nifat it is kufr. Nifat is kufr. Number seven, the confirmation of the mu'ajiza for the Prophet wasallam, and that it is a miracle for the Prophet wasallam, in that the revelation came to him concerning this matter before Awf ibn Malik radiallahu anhu could reach him. It shows it is a sign of the prophethood of the Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Number eight, the absence or the lack or yani the negation of the acceptance of the excuse the other of the people of falsehood. Yani, when, when we know that these people are liars, as Allah had revealed to the Prophet ﷺ, that they are going to come and lie and make false excuses, then the excuse that is known to be false should not be accepted. But if somebody's excuse seems to be legitimate, the general rule is that we should accept, accept the excuse of those who excuse themselves, unless we know that it is false. And this is yani, also a rule that we have discussed on occasion, and it is an important rule, which we haven't discussed in detail. However, Al-Udr bil Jahl, that somebody may be excused due to ignorance, is not an absolute principle. Not everybody who is ignorant is excused. 
And this comes here to play in the matter of those who may not have known that al-ihtihza, that making mockery of the deen is kufr. Maybe they didn't know, so we might say, then they are excused. However, al-udhr bil-jahl, the one who is excused due to ignorance is not absolute, and it is not in every matter, and the proof of it is that these people did what they did, whether they knew it or not, Allah has rejected the excuse. Even if they didn't know it was kufr, because the, originally the one who has iman in his heart, that iman would prevent him from doing those actions which are clearly kufr. Yani even if no revelation came before and nobody said that this is kufr, but his iman should prevent him from such. The last point he mentions is the obligation, wujub at-tashaddud, firad al-mustahzi'een bid-deen. Yani that it is obligatory to be firm, at-tashaddud, to be, to be firm, to be stern, to be harsh with those people who make mockery of the deen. It is not a light matter. Yeah, and being kind and being soft and being easy with the people who fall into error or make mistakes, naam, it is part of Islam that we should pardon the people and be easy with the people and be soft with the people. However, there are matters which require severity and from amongst them is this matter and the proof of it is that the best of us, of those who are merciful from amongst the human beings, the Prophet of Allah wasallam. He didn't have any mercy for them. He refused to look at that man. And he wouldn't say a word to him other than what Allah has revealed to him, reminding him that it is not permissible and it is not possible that anyone can make mockery of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or his ayat or his messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith and that which it contains of the ayah which is recited in it and the reasons for the revelation of it, it is an indication of the disbelief of the one who makes mockery of Allah and the book of Allah or the book of Allah or the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the masail that are not mentioned in the sharh that we have been following the masail from al-imam Muhammad ibn Madhu Wahab rahimahullah in this chapter of five al-ula wa hiya al-azimah and the first issue, the first matter, and it is the greatest of the matters that he has mentioned here, it is that whoever makes mockery or makes jest of this, meaning the book of Allah and the messenger of Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, then this person is a kafir. The second issue, that this, the one who makes jest of Allah and his messenger and his book, that this is kufr, he said that this is the explanation of this ayah. Kainan mankana. No matter who is the one who has done so. No matter who has done so. Meaning, even if that person who has done so is a munafiq or, or he is other than a munafiq. Whoever has done so, then this is the explanation of it. That he has fallen into kufr. The third point or the third issue, he said, Al-Farq bainan namima وَبَيْنَ النَّصِيحَةِ لِلَّهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يعني the difference, the difference or the distinction between النَّمِيمَ tail-bearing يعني taking what somebody has said to another person saying that so-and-so has said such about you with the intention of making enmity and hatred and discord between the people this is نَّمِيمَ he said what is the difference between this نَّمِيمَ and النَّصِيحَةِ 
for the sake of Allah and His Messenger, which is the case in this hadith that Awf ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, it was not namima, it was not carrying something from one person to another person saying he has said about you, but it is actually in this case it is nasiha for the sake of Allah and His Messenger, because an namima, its objective is to cause enmity and hatred and discord amongst the people, while the objective of an nasiha for the sake of Allah, it is to rectify and to correct and to bring the punishment on those who deserve to be punished. Uh, the fourth issue is the difference al-farq bain al-afwi alladhi yuhibbuhu Allah wa bain al-ghilza ala a'da'illah yani what is the difference between al-afwu yani pardoning and forgiveness which is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah loves us to pardon and to forgive and to overlook when somebody has wronged you what is the difference between that afwu which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires of us and commends us for and he, is, and he loves it and the ghilva yani the severity that should be shown towards the enemies of Allah yani the Prophet sallallahu in this case he didn't show afwu but he showed ghilva severity and sternness with the enemies of Allah and the Shaykh mentions a long discussion concerning this matter but due to time it is not possible to read all of what he has said however the essence of what he has said here he said that Al-Afu that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves الإصلاح, it is pardoning when there is a benefit in it when there is rectification in it yani when it brings about the result of bringing people back together because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a condition in the ayah concerning this matter in Surah Shura, verse 40, فَمَنْ عَفَى وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ مَنْ عَفَى يعني the one who pardons وَأَصْلَحَ and rectifies يعني he made as a condition the pardoning in which there is rectification then his reward is with Allah however the pardoning in which there is no rectification it is not what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us and then he says that it is a general rule uh, that one should pardon those who have wronged you. However, there is exception to this rule يعني, when one should be stern and severe. And this is based on the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Muhammad uh, al-Rasulullah wal-ladheena ma'ahu ash-shidda'a al-kufar ruhamahu baynahum That Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and those who are with him ash-shidda'a al-kufar That they are shadeed, severe with the disbelievers and they are kind and compassionate and merciful amongst themselves. That means that there is a time for shidda, for severity, and there is a place for rahma, mercy. Uh, and then he said that uh, in spite of this, even though there is a time for severity, uh, using softness and kindness sometimes for the purpose of da'wah or for bringing people together Sometimes it is the right thing to do. Yani we have to use wisdom. There's a time uh, when somebody has done wrong, when we might be any easy with them in order for the purpose of da'wah, for bringing them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last point that the shaykh mentions, that there's some type of excuses which are not, yani it is not proper that they should be accepted. and yuqbal. Yani there are some i'tidhar that should not be accepted. Then the Shaykh says this is also a qaida, a general rule. فَالْعَصُوا فِي الْعِتِذَارِ يُقْبَلُ The original rule is that when somebody makes an excuse or, part, or asks for pardon for, for some wrong that they have done, 
the original rule is that it should be accepted, especially if the person who is asking for pardon is a good person. But they have made some error. But when we know that the excuse that is being offered is false, then it should not be accepted. This is the end of what the Shaykh has said, or a summary of what he has said in these points. And quickly, the questions at the end of the handout. Number one, what is meant by Hazala? Yani in the ayat from Surah Tawbah, what is meant by Hazala in general and in this chapter specifically? Yani, uh, Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, he has mentioned in this chapter and he has entitled it, The One Who Makes Mockery. Yani, Bab Man Hazala Bishayin. Yani, whoever makes mockery or makes fun or jest of that in which there is the mention of Allah or the Quran or the Messenger. What is meant by Hazala here? In general, Hazala means to joke about something or to play with something or to make mockery of something. But here what is meant by Hazala? It means making mockery of that which no one should make a mockery of and no one should play with and no one should jest about and that is that which contains the mention of Allah or the Quran or the Messenger of Allah wasallam. Number two, what is the Hukum Shari? The legal ruling concerning one who makes mockery of the Quran. The legal ruling, hukum shari, concerning the one who makes mockery of the Quran, it is that making mockery of the Quran, it is muharram, prohibited, forbidden, and it is also kufr, akbar, major kufr, that takes a person out of Islam. And some of the scholars differed about the tawbah of the one who does such a thing, and some of them said that their tawbah, as we mentioned, could be accepted, and some said that it could not be accepted. In any case, Whoever has done so, if they repented sincerely, then indeed Allah accepts the repentance of those who repented. Discuss the asbab and nuzul, the reasons for the revelation of the above ayah. Yani, the asbab and nuzul, meaning what were the circumstances or conditions or the reason for which this ayah was revealed. Yani, the reason for the revelation of this ayah, it is, uh, it was in reference to a group of munafiqun and perhaps amongst them were Muslims who were da'if of iman and from amongst them was Awf ibn Malik radiallahu anhu who was a sincere true believer uh, and one of those munafiq he was making jest, making mockery of the Quran and the book of Allah and the book of Allah and the messenger of Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the companions of the Prophet sallallahu uh, and this ayat was revealed on that occasion yani on the occasion of the Tabuk expedition, when these people said these evil words, then Allah revealed what they had done and the excuses that they would offer and that their excuses should not be accepted and that what they have done is kufr. What was the udr or excuse offered by those involved in this incident? The excuse was that they were merely making idle talk, that they were just joking, they were jesting, that it was the talk of the travelers. Yani the talk, the idle conversation that one engages in when they're on a long journey just to pass time. That was their excuse. Why was their other excuse not accepted? It was not accepted first and foremost because it was false. They were lying. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had revealed to the Prophet that it was a false excuse that they would offer and it should not be accepted. Likewise, their excuse was not accepted because this is of those matters for which an excuse is not acceptable. That somebody plays with the deen of Allah or the book of Allah or makes mockery of the messenger of Allah. Such matters as this, there is no, there's no acceptable excuse for it. It cannot be accepted. 
For this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't allow his Prophet ﷺ to accept the excuse, but he took a firm stand and he was stern and severe with them to the extent that he wouldn't even look at the man nor would he answer him except by reminding him of the words that Allah has revealed to him. The last question, discuss the difference between an nasiha advice for the sake of Allah and his messenger, and an namima tail carrying. We said that the difference is that the one who carries some information or statement from one person to another, if their intention is to cause enmity and hatred and discord and separation between the people, this is what is referred to as namima. That the person brings the statements of one person to another or one group of people to another with the intention and the objective of causing discord, of separating the people and causing hatred and enmity or fighting between them. While an nasiha for the sake of Allah and His Messenger Wasallam, it is when somebody informs or reports what others have said or what somebody has said to the one who it has been said about or, the, or to the one who can deal with that matter who is in authority with the objective and the intention and the purpose of rectifying and correcting and bringing to justice those who have violated the law of Allah. This is the end of what we wanted to mention this evening. However, before closing, just briefly I will mention quickly that a Muslim in this matter, as well as in the matters that we mentioned previously, should be careful of what we say from our mouth. And a Muslim should take care to be careful what they speak. Because it may be that a person will say a word that they think lightly of. And it will be, cause, it will be the cause of them being thrown into the hellfire. As it has been reported in authentic hadith. A person should be aware, as the Prophet wasallam said to Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu anhu, Is it other than the harvest of one's tongue that caused a person to be thrown on their faces into the hellfire? Yani a person should be aware and be conscious and fear uh, what they say. They should fear what they say out of their mouth, uh, knowing that what we say could be the cause of our destruction. So let us be careful in our sittings uh, with our family or with our friends amongst the brothers or the sisters of what we ourselves say and what we hear others say. That nobody should joke or play about that in which there is the mention of the Book of Allah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned, it is serious. Don't joke about anything related to that. When the Book of Allah is mentioned, it is serious. Don't play. Sometimes we take it lightly. Maybe we are not making mockery of the Qur'an, but we are talking about Qur'an and somebody makes a joke about the matter. No, it is not right. It is unacceptable. It is a dangerous matter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قَدْ كَفَرْتُمْ بَعْدَ إِيمَانِكُمْ You have fallen into kufr that takes a person out of Islam after you have been in Iman, after you have believed. So the matter is serious and we should take it seriously. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astagfirullah. If there are any questions or comments or corrections quickly before we go to the salat. Naam, tafadl. The first question about the hypocrite who was who it is who is mentioned in this 
uh, narration concerning this ayah. Uh, in all of the books of the, of the explanation of Kitab al-Tawheed, which I have yani, reviewed, no one has mentioned what was the end of that hypocrite. So it is either because his end, what was the end of him, it is known what is the end of him. But his punishment is the severest punishment, it is hellfire. Uh, or, or it is because, or why they have left it out, it is not clear. But in any case, what is well known is that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ruled that the person who has done so has fallen into kufr. And he has left the door open that those who sincerely repent, that he might forgive some of them and he will punish some of them. That means that those who may have repented from what they have engaged in or participated in or witnessed, that there is a chance for them to repent and turn back to Allah and to correct their behavior and Allah will pardon them. And that is open for everyone. As for those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that they would not repent, he knew that they would not repent, and therefore he said some of them would definitely be punished, then it is more likely that he is a come amongst them. Because that matter is very severe and it is not something that could be taken lightly. So that his end, it appears to be, and Allah knows best, that his end is that he was from amongst those. He was the one who made the statement. He is from amongst those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised for them a severe punishment. As for freedom of the press and criticizing the rulers, uh, freedom of speech in Islam, which is more general than freedom of the press, is not absolute. There's, we don't say that there's such a thing, an absolute you know, right that people have freedom to speak. But freedom of speech, it is limited that people may say those things which are not in contradiction or in opposition to the deen of Allah or the sharia of Allah. And as for those things which are in contradiction or in opposition to the deen of Allah, then we don't have freedom of speech in those matters, uh, and that includes in the media or otherwise. As for speaking against the rulers, it is not from the way of the people of Sunnah that the Muslims should speak ill against their rulers. If their rulers are evil and corrupt, then it is the right of those who have the ability to advise them, it is their responsibility to advise them in private. As the Prophet ﷺ said, that if you see evil in the ruler, you should take him by his hand, and advise him privately. That is the way of Islam. That is the way of the people of Sunnah. As for publicly criticizing the rulers, this is the way of the Khawarij and the people who deviated from the Sunnah. And it is not the way uh, of those who follow the example and the guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The sisters ask, yani the ruling for Salman Rushdie, yani what he has done, it is kufr, and he should be killed. That is the ruling in Islam. It is known that the ruling in Islam, the person who has spoken ill of the Prophet, even if he repented, according to those who said his repentance can be accepted, and there is difference of opinion about it. We are not talking about Salman Rushdie. We are talking about anyone who mocked or made mockery or belittled the Prophet wasallam. As for the one who made mockery of Allah, if he repented, it is accepted by Allah. As for the one who made jest of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu then this is the area where it is not absolute acceptance in it. Uh, but the scholars of Islam have said that the one who has done so, if he repents, he still has to be killed. The punishment for what he has done is death. And if he didn't repent, then he is also in the hellfire. 
In Arabic, what is the expression for acceptance of repentance? For acceptance of repentance, wujub. Yani acceptance of repentance it is qubul at-tawbah. Qubul at-tawbah. Or maybe the statement was wujub qubul at-tawbah. No, it wasn't. We didn't say such a thing. Huh? In any case, acceptance of repentance, this is qubul, qubul at-tawbah, and if you mean uh, accepting the excuse of the one who has done something out of ignorance, it is al-udhr bil-jahl. Tayyip? Omar? MashaAllah. Omar says, will the acceptance, the repentance be accepted from somebody who makes mockery and then repents and then makes mockery and then repents and continues doing so? <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does whatever He wills. He forgives whomever He wills. Uh, if Allah wills, He may accept it. However, indeed, the one who continues doing that which they have repented from, it is a sign of insincerity of repentance. Because one of the conditions of a tawbah is that a person should immediately stop doing what they have engaged in. That is wrong. When they recognize it is wrong, they should leave it immediately. And of the conditions of tawbah is that the action that one has engaged in, that they have stopped, that they should feel remorse for what they have done. They should feel regret for what they have done. Sincere regret. And of the conditions of tawbah is that a person should make a firm determination not to return to what they have done. So if a person makes sincere repentance, they shouldn't return to it again and again and again. However, if somebody repented sincerely, and as being a human being they fell into that same uh, error again, then they should fulfill all the conditions of repentance by stopping it and uh, feeling regret for it, confessing in front of Allah their regret for what they have done, and making a firm determination and asking Allah to help them to stay away from that thing which they have engaged in. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is the one who is capable of giving us success in avoiding that which we ask Him uh, forgiveness from and that we have made a firm determination to stay away from. And Allah is able to protect us from such things. And if He wills, He may forgive us. As much as He wills, Allah forgives. Whoever commits any sin, whatever He wills, except, except shirk. Except shirk. Uh, just quickly, the last question, because I think it's close to the Iqamah. Forgiving a person who had disgraced the honor of his fellow Muslim severely, is it enough to just keep it in his heart that he forgives him but refuse to be in association with him? Yani, if somebody has dishonored someone or disgraced their honor publicly or privately, uh, a Muslim should forgive a person if they have repented from what they have done. Uh, is it enough just to keep it in the heart? Yani that one has forgiven them in their heart? No, it is not enough just to keep it in the heart. But sincere uh, acceptance of one's excuse or pardoning someone or uh, forgiving someone, it means that we should act in accordance with that. If we have indeed forgiven that person, then we should act towards them as though we have forgiven them. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
This is the way he deals with the people. If he forgives someone, then he treats the one who he has forgiven as though they have not done any wrong. Yani the one who has uh, repented sincerely from what they have done is like the one who has not done any, who has not committed a sin. It is, he is like the one who has not committed a sin. Therefore, to the best of our ability as human beings, we should try to accept that person. Ask Allah to open our heart to accept that person. So that our forgiveness of them or our pardoning what they have done will be full and complete. Just as what we have done of wrong, we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us our excuse and to pardon us and to forgive us completely, not partially. However, as human beings, indeed it is true that in some cases when somebody has done a great wrong to someone, they might not be able to get it out of their heart completely. But the important point is that we should make the effort to try to forgive that person and to act towards them as though they are your Muslim brother or sister completely as they were before, if you can do so. That is the best thing to do and Allah will reward you for it. It is for His sake. And if you are unable to do it, you should do the best you can even if you pretend towards that person, even that you have accepted them back completely for the sake of Allah. It is better than to show enmity, enmity towards them. It is better that we even pretend. If it is still in our heart, don't show it. And that is better. And the Prophet wasallam. Uh, he didn't want to see the uh, person who was responsible for the killing of his uncle Hamza radiallahu anhu because of the feeling that was in his heart as a human being and he is the messenger of Allah therefore it's possible that we as human beings might not be able to get that feeling out of our heart completely however we shouldn't show it and Allah knows best subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik wa